2: This is a Lip Media Podcast. We're talking
1: again. Our bodies swapping. From range. From birth.
3: To boy. To boy. To and back, back again. again. Hi, I'm Paul Mitzi. I'm Lucy Thomas.
0: Uh, just joking, I'm and Levi.
3: And we are the Swapcast podcast. Every episode, we usually watch an entry in the body swap movie genre and break it down for you. But this week, we have a special treat as we delve into four iconic body swaps from the world of television. We will be discussing Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Community, Futurama, and Lizzie McGuire. And joining us to do this, we have two very special guests, Damask Leary and Broderick Gordis from the fellow Lit Media podcast Hunting Seasons. How's it going, guys? Hi, guys. Hello, Thanks for having (sighs) us on.
2: Yes, coming from you live from Melbourne where we can't do shit, so watching TV (laughs) is all we
1: do.
3: (laughs) So, I've invaded your show uh, like about five times, Mm -hmm. so I thought it was about time you guys Mm -hmm. came and did that to mine. Now, have you told um... the
2: people how that went? Because a lot of the shows we did were your (laughs) suggestion. Um, and they were fucking shit, mate. <laughs>
3: well, I hope you don't hold that against me. Oh, I do. I, you, I, I absolutely
4: do. do hold it against you. We're here to you. sabotage your podcast now. That's I
3: only one. recommended you watch the, the show you described as the worst show you've ever watched <laughs> in the history of your show.
4: Which one was that? Which one was that? Upload Season 1. Just... Atrocious. awful truly awful
3: for the I've- record Brendan liked it as well so <laughs> that's that's
4: a real shame
3: <laughs> for our listeners uh, tell us a bit about your show
4: uh, so yeah we are hunting seasons a TV podcast basically every episode or regular episode we review a season of television um, started out as something we wanted to do just to sort of catch up on prestige television that we as supposed TV enthusiasts hadn't watched It's since evolved into more keeping up with the the latest stuff. Um, But yeah, every episode's a review episode. We deep dive in. We do a spoiler-free review, and then a deep dive discussion. Most episodes are sort of between an hour, hour and a half, um, and they come out most weeks. And then we sprinkle in um, what we call off-topic, hot topic, occasionally too. We talk about like the latest TV news, um, other things we've been watching that we don't want to review, and other stuff you've been consuming, like books and TV and stuff, uh, and movies and stuff as well. So that's hunting seasons.
3: Awesome. Yeah. I definitely recommend all our listeners, uh, check it out. It's a great show. Um, I'm, I'm a regular listener and I wouldn't be, I would be even if I wasn't on the show sometimes. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much.
0: It makes me feel so lazy because you guys do a a weekly a weekly podcast about a season of television and i can hardly get together to do a movie <laughs>
4: it's not lazy it's smart what we're doing is stupid don't do it it was a bad decision but yeah. we're too deep now to cut to back down so mm-hmm. we are you still find on. time
0: to watch like your 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 favorites and your basics like not really no. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: don't, I barely have time to do the stuff we do for the podcast. We're in lockdown. You'd think we'd have extra time. Mm. It's honestly been harder. Yeah, it
2: has. It's been. just,
1: uh, uh, we don't have no, the mental I,
2: capacity at the moment to do something that we don't want to do. And when you just can't be bothered watching eight hours of a show that you are kind of okay about it just it really beats you down Uh, we're living on a nice edge at the moment so don't push us over in this episode thank you very
4: much we sound ungrateful (laughs) it's like it's a privilege doing the show and we love doing it we do
1: you
0: should hear how Paul talks to our listeners (laughs)
3: <laughs> i have <Yeah>. heard <laughs> <laughs> look if they're not gonna fucking review us on itunes they are pieces of shit like how I hard is it it takes not like disagree two with you fucking on that. seconds it like can't really just, i have to
4: agree with you on that one it's just common <laughs> courtesy listening guys <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. So let's get into uh, the business of this episode. But first off, before we begin, just a reminder that we always love to hear from our listeners. So slide (laughs) into our DMs (laughs) on Insta, send us an email or check us a review on iTunes so we can get to a hundred reviews and do an episode on face off already. All right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait.
0: Do that again and we'll all say face off because that's the the thing we do. You guys ready?
3: Sure. So get to a hundred reviews and do an episode on face 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 off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was
2: could you hear the nervousness in my voice as I said it? I don't think it was convincing. I'm sorry. Well, because
0: you're like drinking something, you look so nonchalant. I didn't even I know. Don't
2: I look fancy? The people at home can't say it, but I've got a little cocktail happening. I'm ready to go.
0: Oh, is it a Shirley Temple? The drink of is it a, wait, is it a Shirley Temple? Shirley Temple is the official drink of the Sopcast mm, podcast.
2: I apologise. Oh, oh fuck, if I'd known that, mm. I would have been prepared. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> next time, next time yeah. guys, promise. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: and uh, Grey Pupan is the condiment of uh, the of podcast as well. <laughs> Just so you know. All right. Let's All
3: do right. this. Okay. So first up, let's discuss Those Freaky Maguires, which was season two, episode nine of Lizzie Maguire, which first aired on July 28th, 2002 on the Disney Channel. In this episode, Lizzie and her little brother, Matt, are forced to switch bodies and have to experience a day in each other's lives. So, what's everybody's familiarity with Lizzie McGuire here? Who who's a fan? Who used to watch it? I am a, a
2: fan. Oh, Lizzie M- Lizzie McGuire <laughs> has a really special place in my heart. Um, mm-hmm. so I would get home from school every day because I was thirteen when it came out. So primo age. I'd get yep. home and like ABC kids would be on, so you'd have. Uh, Degrassi first, I think, and then Lizzie McGuire, or it might have been the other way around. And I'd take both of them so I could rewatch them later on the old VHS kids. <laughs> um, I was obsessed with this show. In fact, in my bedroom, my childhood bedroom, I would open up the wardrobe and inside, on the back of the wardrobe, plastered hundreds, and I'm not kidding, <laughs> hundreds of pictures. Of Hilary Duff. I was obsessed with her. I entered a Dolly magazine competition to win a giant Lizzie Maguire movie poster and Lizzie Maguire books and all this stuff. Absolutely obsessed. In fact, the first time I wondered if I was gay, I had uh, <laughs> printed out another like, when you like Google image search, I'd take up the, the latest pictures of Hillary Duff, print them out at school, Cut them out and they, these were like thumbnails. It was insane. And I would stick them up on my wardrobe on the inside. I get, I get it, guys. The inside of my closet. Love you. Uh, (laughs) And the first time I questioned my sexuality, I was just sticking up another picture of her and I went, Oh my God. I think I might be gay. And I gave it about five (laughs) seconds of thought and then I started laughing. I'm like, I'm not gay. That's insane. Fast forward about 15 years and I, Definitely am gay. Um, So it it was a real awakening, the old Lizzie McGuire show.
3: Uh, That's so good. I'm glad I'm not the only one that has a deep affection for this show. (laughs) I was very much the same. I used to watch it every day after school. Mm -hmm. Um, I I used to really like it. I think uh, the movie that finished it all off really cemented my love for it. I think the moment where like Lizzie McGuire... Is doing a fashion show to a cover of RuPaul's Supermodel. Yes, I just like this really speaks to me on a personal level. And uh, wait, wait, looked- is
0: this how you found out you were gay as well? <laughs> I think so. Uh,
3: um, so yeah, and then obviously I'm uh, obsessive with Hillary. I've met her twice. What? Um, whoa! Yeah, wait. I definitely whoa, blew whoa, out my whoa, mic whoa, then. Whoa. What? <laughs> <laughs> so once I flew to Melbourne to see her in concert, mm. and then I went to her perfume launch <gasps> and met her there. Oh my god! And then, uh, <laughs> and then years later, I went to America and and kind of made sure I was in New York for her book signing for her debut novel, and uh, got to meet her while she was pregnant with her baby, and she signed a book for me and gave me a hug. Oh my but god. it's also the most horrifying experience of my life because then, for some reason. I gave her a kiss on her cheek, like, and I don't even kiss people <laughs> on their cheek, and I just did it, and then instantly regret it, and now every time I think about, it, I actually want to vomit. But that's like <laughs> <what I'm laughs> true. With, with I'm <laughs> sure her. she
2: feels the same way about that moment too, so it's fine. I,
3: I'm sure her security guard was upset at me. <laughs> all I have to say. Um, all right, so I'm guessing Broad and uh, Brendan are going to be just as affectionate. Yep, can't about wait this. to hear it. Uh,
4: I'm familiar with it obviously because it was on tv i've watched mm-hmm. episodes here and there i have no deep affectionate for it i didn't find out i was gay watching lizzie mcguire but um <laughs> i was surprised watching it on disney plus is there only two seasons mm-hmm. i feel like that show went for ages
2: it did in our hearts
3: yeah it, and they're long seasons and i don't think they right. all aired like as a season so mm-hmm. they were spread over multiple years
0: like that was my first take as well going wait a second there's only two seasons to this show i just assumed it, i i don't know the way paul talks about it his entire <laughs> life i've known him <laughs> i assumed there would be like 20 seasons but it was an
4: institution
0: surely like this is
4: <laughs>
3: it's like the firefly of disney channel yeah, shows absolutely it didn't need to is go it, for ages. Is <laughs> it, but... <laughs> no, it definitely is,
2: Brad, and I don't appreciate the tone. It is.
3: <laughs> we'll we'll go with the negative people first. Brendan, did you enjoy the episode? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> you
0: you pegged me. Like I I uh, thought it was okay. It was all right. Like I know what it is. <laughs> it's this show for kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I started by actually watching the wrong episode, which frustrated me even more. Lucky boy, lucky twice boy, as much. <laughs> but the whole episode I watched, they were making fun of this this uh, dummy guy who's like handsome. What's his name? What's, what's Ethan? What's Is he a main character? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes.
3: Yes. Yeah.
2: He is. <laughs> he's the dreamboat. Yeah.
0: They all seem so mean to Ethan. Like I, what? Like he just seemed like a nice, cool guy. What? Like is there something wrong with him? Besides, no.
3: He's he's a dreamboat.
2: Yeah. He's just not very bright. <laughs> that's all.
0: Yeah. I just. I don't know. I just felt. I. I was immediately put offside by how they treated the their friends. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> so enough.
1: that was your review
0: of not the episode we just watched. <laughs> 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 all right, so it's Disney, so they clearly have the license for Freaky Friday, so they like felt like they would just completely rip it off, yeah, and, and I
3: well, this preceded the Lindsay Lohan movie, so this happened before that did, and it was ah, before so... the
2: Hillary v Lindsay drama that we all experienced back then, I'm sure you guys remember it, Yep. Yeah, so I think dying.
3: this is this is a, this is a direct uh, reference to the Jodie Foster one. Like even when they swap, they use the same graphic as when Jodie swap, Foster swaps in that film.
0: Yeah, they did that like weird like transition thing where it's all different colours and psychedelic, yeah. yeah.
3: So you, did you like the <laughs> episode? <laughs> I'm like pulling tape. I'm waiting for someone on? else to come in because <laughs> or,
0: I, I, I really just ha- was like, it was fun. It was.
4: I, I'm in a similar place, Brendan. I think it's like, it was, you, you take in context what it is. It's an episode of Lizzie McGuire. It's a Disney Channel show. It's, it knows its audience. This is, is this good writing? No. Is this good acting? No. But, you know, it's doing its thing. And what it's doing of the episodes we're reviewing, I think it's like the most pure body swap episode. It's the one that's just doing the trope and following yeah. it through. Does it have much of like a three act structure to it? No, but I understand its message. <laughs> like,
1: yes, Matt,
4: uh, Lizzie needs to be more assertive like her brother, and Matt needs to be less of a psycho. And, like, that's what we come away from this. And I, I was content, I guess, is my feelings.
3: I really reject your, um, statement that the acting was bad. Thank you, Paul. Absolutely
4: <laughs> atrocious. Fuck you, Brian. Especially her two <laughs> friends. Uh, who are her Lizzie's two friends? Uh,
3: Gordo and, and Miranda. T- test
4: terrible. Like, just Ugh. atrocious the actual stuff that that <laughs> lizzie and matt were doing i i thought wasn't t- wasn't too bad way over the top cartoony is hell yeah. but that's what the show's going for but like yeah they were making an effort to to impersonate each other um but no overall the acting was awful <laughs> <laughs>
3: I thought Lizzie did, like, uh, Hillary did a good job of imitating Matt's Mm -hmm. expressions, Mm -hmm. and I think, like, if you're familiar with the characters, she actually did embody him quite well. It was amazing. Thank you very much. The work (laughs) she Um, did, incredible. (laughs) 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 Uh, So, Devast, I'm guessing you love the episode?
2: I did love the episode. I mean, just as soon as it starts, nothing makes me happier than the Lizzie McGuire theme. It even made me go... Do I need that as my ringtone? I think I do. So I'm going <laughs> to, yes. I'm going yes. <laughs> to do that tomorrow, I think. Um, so immediately I was in a very happy place. I actually recently rewatched the first episode of season two, but way before I knew we were going to do this, because I used to rewatch that episode a million times because that's the episode where Lizzie gets her first boyfriend. And when I watched it, I desperately wanted a boyfriend too. And I thought it was really aspirational. Uh, I didn't realize that I was actually pining after Hillary Duff. But that's, we've already spoken about that, guys. Let's not half on about it. Um, yeah, no, I thought Hilary Duff did a great job as Matt. He's always, I mean, that little kid is very good as Matt. His, uh, comedic timing back then was pretty amazing. And even rewatching a couple episodes, I'm like, yeah, no, he's a genuinely good actor. Um,
3: well, he was good enough for Spielberg to, uh, cast him in AI. So, well,
2: there you go. And uh, I, I always loved Hilary Duff, but I didn't think she was the best actor on the show. But this episode, I think she got to show off her talents a bit more. So I appreciated that. And generally for those who haven't watched a lot of Lizzie McGuire, Matt and Lizzie don't spend a lot of time together. So Matt is always the B story and him and his friends have hijinks that usually isn't related to what's going on with Lizzie at all. So it's kind of nice to have an episode where their lives are interacting with one another's, um, seeing a bit more of their relationship beyond just Lizzie walking into the room going, ah, oh, I hate you, Matt. Um, so that, that was quite nice. I mean, Lizzie McGuire is very episodic. So it doesn't like change anything about their dynamic moving forward, but I thought it was a really fun episode. Thought everyone was great in it broad. Um, who knew that I would be betrayed by my own Gordo in this episode? <laughs> uh, no, I loved it. And I, you know, it, it was fun to see that, uh, you know, if girls were raised with the unabashed confidence as annoying younger brothers, Lizzie's life would have been much better. So I, that's the lesson I took away from it.
0: Yeah. I, I, I will, I will lend it like a, a is it an olive branch? Is it, wait, is it a palm leaf? Okay.
1: You, not- I think it's an olive branch. <laughs> I think olive branch is right, yeah. Yeah, it is. Let me just Google this. Palm All
0: leaf right. is for
2: Jesus. You put a palm leaf down in front of it.
0: Well, yeah, I was going to say that um, that was like probably my favorite part of it, is the the fact that the, bro- like, the little brother uh, just was so outside the context of growing up as uh, a young woman in high school and stuff, that he could just be himself and that everyone was so gravitating towards that. Mm. I just, yeah, I, I did appreciate that little part of the story
3: i think it is the craziest thing about this episode is the fact that by the end it was canon that they had swapped bodies (laughs) like the show is not a supernatural (laughs) show in any way i was gonna
4: ask that is it normally magical like that not that's such a weird thing to do they did try and suggest that like if neither are going to convince it maybe it was a dream or something like that they sort of lean into that Mm -hmm. idea that maybe it's not yeah, Neil. like,
0: neither of them are going to talk about it ever again.
2: I <laughs> just saw it as like your usual kind of childhood trauma that you share with a sibling. You just don't talk about it and you move on.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we often say on the show, like, if you found out that a body swap was a real thing, it would alter your entire concept of reality. <laughs> mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, this show didn't really want to tackle that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, i got a question
2: uh, for you. Do you yeah. think after Lizzie had this experience that that's the reason why in the film she isn't as shocked as she should be when she meets her exact body double in Italy?
3: I don't know. I think feel like it should make her more shocked <laughs> that she's had a body swap and that there's an identical twin <laughs> walking around Italy. <laughs> With like. a really
2: convincing Italian accent. Yeah, no. And yeah. very natural <laughs> black hair. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think of this as a body swap? Do you think it did Anything interesting with the formula or anything different with the formula?
4: One of the things you guys talk about, I've noticed a lot in episodes, is how when the body swaps happen, they all just go, well, I guess I'll have to go to work and pretend to be this person for the rest of the day or whatever. So I like that it took the time to make them try and get out of it first. Like, they didn't just go, I guess I'm being you today. It was (laughs) like, let's pretend to be sick and stay home first. Mm-hmm. Um things like they they there was some thought that went into this beyond just do it for the sake of having them act like each other, so I actually appreciate it like it was a solid, very very typical body swap story, but it was it was true to the format, I thought yeah, I think it yeah. wasn't
2: doing anything particularly different than what we had seen before with a body swap film, but I like that it was mm-hmm. I guess perhaps a reintroduction into the original Freaky Friday, which is a great i fuck I loved watching that film. Um, so it was a nice little reintroduction to that film or into just an introduction into body swap genres. Uh, for kids so I, th- I mean I think it did what it needed to do it couldn't be too complicated because yeah it is a-, a tween show a teen show
3: uh, I've discussed this on the show before but uh, when I was a kid one of my favorite shows was Alvin and Chipmunks go to the movies where every episode the Alvin and Chipmunks would recreate a popular movie and just do it as a 20 minute episode nice. so there was an episode mm. on big and all these other films and because I grew up in like a really religious household a lot of these films I couldn't watch the real versions mm. so that was my introduction to a lot of these stories was the Alvin and the chipmunks version so i guess this could have been a similar gateway uh, for some people into the body swap trope
2: so lizzie mcguire was a gateway to you for body swap genre and for me it was homosexuality so it was just opening minds <laughs> across the board which i like <laughs> the fashion I really, I mean, uh, that's one of my favorite <laughs> things about Liz McGuire is just going back because I would watch it and just think she had the coolest style. And I remember I had this outfit of this kind of baby pink tank top and these like different hues of pink stripy pants. And that was an outfit I would wear out on the street, um, which I'm not proud to say, but it's nice to see where that influence <laughs> came from. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, the, the outfit that Matt puts her in mm-hmm. uh, when he's in the body is like, Fucking insane, but like <laughs> she would have had to have all those items in her wardrobe. In wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> but one <laughs> like, thing I liked that-
2: though is that when I can't remember if it's I think it might be Gordo says that she looks like Elton John and Matt goes, Sir Elton John, thank you very much, which I appreciate. It's nice <laughs> yeah. to know he's a fan.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was great. There was a couple of little
4: details I liked as well. Just, just in terms of like going back, you're talking about the fashion. I love the idea of like Lizzie never takes Matt or gives Matt his phone messages. Cause remember that, guys? <laughs> remember when people used to call you? So like, I'll let my brother know or mum yeah. know about that person calling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jeez, that's a long time ago. Also, my favorite moment in the entire episode, there's a bit where Matt's walking in as Lizzie into school and falls over once and everyone's laughing. Mm-hmm. The second time, Matt slash Lizzie does that, there is this guy in the background who is laughing with such enthusiasm. (laughs) It it was so much fun. But also that's exactly
2: what guys would do back in like high school and middle school. Like if someone ever like fucked up or embarrassed themselves, just this uproarious like laughter this humiliating just cackle from the crowds yeah
0: whole body motherfucker for being different
3: (laughs) exactly it also helped that those guys look like 10 years older than her as well
2: (laughs) just a substitute teacher just having a great day yeah love it
0: (laughs) like uh the only thing that i wanted to bring up is the the like barrage of like Cartoon, uh, like sounds, like it, mm-hmm. it's, it's like the clear side of a quality show when they're like, <laughs> oh, this doesn't, this joke doesn't land, this, uh, gang doesn't add. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I, I love mean, about a literal-
2: all Disney shows, like Disney Channel yeah. shows, is like the writing is trying to be comedic and sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't successful. But there's always those sounds of like, that was a joke. And me as a kid, <laughs> it, it a every time. I'm like, that was a was joke.
1: A- a
4: literal <laughs> banana peel slip in this episode. You can't not do that without that <laughs> sound. You know,
3: yeah, exactly. Um, but also that whole sequence where he set up that um, <laughs> that prank for Kate yeah. made zero <laughs> sense. So he puts like frogs <laughs> in her locker, and then counts on her running the exact direction <laughs> to fall on a- on two separate banana peels <laughs> so that she can then walk through a door where a, chi- a bucket of chili has been propped and falls on her head. Like, there's so many elements to that that could easily go wrong mm-hmm. if um, anybody else walks through that
4: door at any point between <laughs> setting it up it's like it's over oh <laughs> uh, well
3: that's why we love lizzie that's right. all right so next up we have the prisoner of bender which was season 6 episode 10 of Futurama, which first aired on August 19th, 2010 on Comedy Central. In this episode, Professor Farnsworth and Amy build a machine that allows them to switch minds so they may each pursue each other's lifelong dream. However, they learn that the machine cannot be used twice in the same pairing of bodies. To try to return to their rightful bodies, they involve the rest of the crew in the mind switches, leaving each member free to pursue their own personal endeavors in a different crew member's body. So, are we all Futurama fans here? No.
4: Massive. Well, I was early days. Of the next three shows we're going to talk about, including this one, mm-hmm. I have had I have extensive DVD collections of. So while you guys are massive Lizzie fans, I was a huge Futurama fan. Had the first mm-hmm. five seasons of Futurama, whole DVD collection, saved up my money when I was working at Big W as a teenager to buy mm-hmm. these when I'm on special. I, that stopped at season five, though, when the show was cancelled. Then they came up with these TV movies, which sort of filled in the in-between, and then I ne- I kind of started on season six and stuff and then just dipped in and out. I never really got into it the same way I did early on. So this is an episode I've seen once before totally. If it was any uh, from any season earlier, I would have seen it multiple times. But I used
0: to love this show,
4: love it to bits. Yeah, it's I was the same.
0: I'll, I'll save save you the trouble of me telling the exact same story. But <laughs> what yeah. Brody said, like, yeah, yeah we're pretty much pervade of, like I would listen to the- audio commentary of every episode. Yes. I used to fall asleep watching it. Yes,
3: exactly that. Yeah. I was the same, uh, though I did watch all of 6 and 7. I didn't buy them on DVD. I remember not loving 6 and 7. This yeah, is the first time I've returned
0: to it. Yeah, I don't think I've actually watched six and seven, and actually watching this one made me actually a bit reminiscent, and I actually might actually watch through it now.
3: Um, to Matt?
2: Well, <laughs> I I remember when you know Futurama was coming to TV because you know everyone at school was talking about the guy who'd made The Simpsons It's making another TV show, how very exciting, and I started watching and I. Probably watched all of the first season, I think, and it was okay, but I don't think it, I really connected with it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I yeah, like Broad with Liz McGuire, I've you know seen an episode or two here and there, uh, but no, I was never super into it.
3: Okay, so I'm curious then, what did you think of the episode, Damascus?
2: So glad you asked. Um, <laughs> it was a pretty fun time. I mean, it had me laughing in probably the first 30 seconds. Um, so yeah. that was good. I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I, I might actually enjoy this. And I did. There were elements that I really enjoyed. I think the, the concept of like looks versus personality in a relationship and, you know, the lie you tell of like, you could look like anything and I'd still love you. And, but, you know, it has limitations, but they just refuse to acknowledge <laughs> it. I did enjoy that. Yeah. Um, it was a little repetitive, I think, towards the end. Like it was just the same joke. I loved the the janitor and his bucket. I thought that was really mm, good. Scruffy. and wash bucket. There are a few jokes in there that have certainly dated. There's a lot of fat shaming and yeah. stuff, which is yeah. pretty <laughs> full on. Uh, Even some
4: homophobia in there as well. I thought I was like, oh yeah, this is not aged well.
2: Yeah. Um, But I mean, that's like so many shows that we used to watch back in the day. You just kind of have to acknowledge it and move forward. But um
4: scrubs yeah. anyone?
2: Yeah, but yeah, as as a <laughs> yeah, as a body swap, I thought it was a, a lot of fun. It was just a nice little hijinks, which I enjoyed, Brendan.
0: Yeah, like I, I I feel like some of Futurama jokes, even I listen to them and I just go, "That's such a like nerdy joke," <laughs> yeah. but like this this episode. They've got a story for every single character. And then even some B characters, like, you know how you have, like, A and B plot? This is, like, A, B, C, D, (laughs) U, F, G, like, everyone has a swap story. I I, I thought it was pretty clever just putting that all together.
4: Brad? Yeah, what you were saying early, Brendan, about, like, wanting to come back to this, because you never really watched the later seasons after the uh, cancellation, that this episode made me want to do it. Definitely some of it has aged poorly. But overall, I was, like, reminded why I like this show so much and how much I like the characters overall and what makes me laugh about it is like, It's like this. And when The Simpsons got bad, Futurama picked it up for me, and I should go back to this show. As a swap episode, while it's not, like, necessarily adhering to the form as we normally sort of find it, I think it's just having a lot of fun with the concept and its characters. It's just massive hijinks episode. Um And I just love when you talk about the nerdy jokes, that bit in the end where they have to do... Go through the two other people to get everyone back to their bodies. And like yeah. that maths checks out. And that's yeah. what I love about this show. <laughs> it's those sorts of nerdy jokes where it like attention to detail is something I've always loved about. It. And that this episode has it too.
0: Like I just know that is it like David Cohen? Like,
4: yes, David X Cohen. Yeah.
0: This whole episode probably started with some sort of like mathematical theory of how this yeah. works. And they were like, this is an episode. Because <laughs> yeah. now I
4: want to get the DVD to listen to the, the commentary to, to about listen To listen them talk thing. about it. Yeah, exactly. for sure.
3: <laughs> I, I think what ended up being the downfall of the show from memory is that it became uh, less episodic and became about these long overarching stories that kind of weighed the show down. And this was a very episodic episode, and I think Mm. that's to its strength. I think that's when the show was the best, when it really got a concept and really dug down into it. Um, like the time travel episode, and like I would put this on the level of that. I really enjoyed this episode.
4: But the time travel episode—if it's the one thinking about where they go back to his grandmother and stuff—like that had big implications for the ongoing story in that. Yeah, and early on that worked until it got way. Like there was just so much lore that it took over. Yeah, and then the movies as well. When they were trying to make the like the the movies that could also be cut down to four episodes, whatever it was, it just I don't know. The format stopped working. Yeah, the pacing of those movies were terrible. Yeah, awful.
0: I also think a part of it is like I don't actually care about Fry and Leela anymore. Like their whole will they won't they has been resolved. But their relationship isn't satisfying it's it's constantly on the rocks. they're constantly having trivial arguments like this one, you know, like I just want to see them together. and would be fine, but anyway,
4: it's a funny thing thinking back on the show that when it was cancelled, I kind of wishes where it stopped, even though there were definitely standard episodes that came on, out later. It was just it ended up being a perfect ending that I kind of wish stuck it would have I would remember it more fondly overall than if it had it sort of didn't continue on to 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 dwindle or to, to deteriorate yes mm. the
3: classic arrested development syndrome <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. i guess it viewing this as a body swap episode like everyone gets a swap it's quite fun um the thing it i think it it does quite smartly uh is that everyone retains their own voice when they swap, I mm-hmm. think without that, the episode would have just been nonsensical and very hard to follow.
4: Well, it's got an advantage as a body swap thing by just being an animation. Because you don't have to yeah. ask actors to pretend to be other people or other people's performances mm. already. You just literally put their voice over. And, and if you've animated the characters in one you know, one form, you just add those, whatever it might be, their walk cycle or whatever to these new characters. There's an advantage there. Yeah. Something I did like as well, though. I like that There's. this is about a deliberate swap. This is something that everyone is choosing to do. It isn't like it's a surprise that happens to them magically. Everyone mm-hmm. is doing it with a purpose and is trying to achieve a goal by doing it. And that I thought was a bit different for a body swap. Not that I've watched as many as you guys.
3: Yeah, no, <laughs> you're correct. There's. I don't think we've really watched many that have been deliberate. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It, it's funny watching all the episodes that we're watching for this uh, episode of our show there's a lot more innovation in these tv episodes than in a lot of the movies that we're <laughs> watching like and these are movies that are getting churned out every year and it's the same fucking thing every time and it's funny that these tv episodes kind of feel like they have a bit more freedom and can mm-hmm. go outside of the norm a bit more
4: is that is it helped by just because it's a it's an episode in an already existing series so you have like the ability to do something crazy with it, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter because there's another episode next week. Whereas yeah. if you make a body swap movie, you want to make sure it works, so you might decide to stick to the tropes a little bit just to play it safe.
3: Yeah, and I think uh, another thing that the TV really has an advantage in is the the big thing about a body swap film is you have to really establish who the people are before they swap to mm-hmm. really make it effective, where. You, a TV show has done this for seasons. Mm. Yeah, uh, right. beforehand. So, like
0: both both of the episodes we've talked about so far, the swap happens within like a minute, if that. Yep. You know.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
3: All right, now on to Basic Human Anatomy, Season 4, Episode 11 of Community which first aired April 25th, 2013 on NBC. In this episode, Troy and Abed seem to switch bodies on the third anniversary of their first viewing of Freaky Friday. Now, um, I know the answer to this, but for our listeners at home, what does everyone think of Community? I'll start
4: with Broad. It is quite possibly my favourite show ever, mate. We've reviewed Season 1 and Season 2 on Hunting Seasons. I gush mostly about Community. (laughs) It has has a bad season. This episode happens to come from the bad season. But overall, I think it's one of the most important influential television shows. For me personally, I adore Community.
3: Uh, So was this the season without Dan Harmon? Yeah.
4: Correct. uh, This is the one good episode, I would argue, (laughs) or at least the best episode of this very bad season.
3: Mm. Okay. Brendan.
0: Uh, yes, I have very similar feelings as Brody. Uh, Brody? I would Brody? How dare you? Broden, Just drop Broden. the wine. Oh Bro- Brody will be fine. Just go with Brody. <laughs> um, so you can hate him forever uh... for that. Yeah, I will. Don't worry. Anyone who's ever called me Brody is on a list. <laughs> Um, this, this, uh, uh, even this season, I, I know, I, I'm, I'm one of the contraries who actually, I don't care that Dan Harmon wasn't involved. He did such, there's such a, um, all these characters are so rich that I even will watch this, uh, season with glee. So, um, yeah. And this episode is, is it, uh, also one of those exceptional, like, uh, displays of all the, the cast.
3: Damascus?
2: Uh Yeah, I mean, I do love community. I think I, I join the general consensus of the show s- certainly was hurt by Dan Harmon leaving. I think while the characters had been developed incredibly well in those first three seasons, I think there was a misunderstanding of what made those characters work individually and together. um, That was really apparent in season four. I think the people who came in kind of got that it was a bit wacky and understood the outline of each character, but uh, what made them really compelling characters just wasn't there. Um, Thankfully, I think this episode has a bit more of that than you will see in the rest of the season four episodes. Uh, But, yeah, no, I, I loved Community so much. I was... Every year when Community was coming out was really scary because you know it was always being cancelled. It was only it was always just, the last, yeah, being picked up at the last second. So I'm I'm very glad that it lasted as long as it did. I only just recently finished the final season because I'm one of those people that if a show that I love is cancelled, I'll hold off watching either the last season or the last episode for years. I only watched <laughs> the last episode of Firefly a few years ago now. Um, And oh, I wow. adored <laughs> that show, but I just wanted there always to be one more episode that I had to watch. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think this show for so many seasons, you know, it developed those relationships, it had such strong performances, and it had just a million jokes a second. So it was just like a perfect combination of a show. I mean, that's what I love in sitcoms, in comedies, in TV is – that chosen family, those developing relationships, and give me a million really smart jokes. And also it was just a love a love letter to film and TV, which was also beautiful.
3: Yeah, I, I have to mirror everyone's statements. I loved Community. Um, I'd forgotten in my timelines watching this episode which season was the one without Dan Harmon because this, the writing was really good in this episode so well, there's a
4: reason for that this one was written by Jim Rash who plays the mm. dean who yeah. is now an oscar winning writer as well i might add for the descendants yeah. i think he wrote yeah. um so this was the one there was yeah it stood out that a he's a great writer and b having been there from the beginning mm. I think he really understood what made the show tick. Being an actor in the show too, what it was as an actor that they loved about the Dan Harmon sort of era before that, mm-hmm. I think that translates really well into this episode and that's one of the big reasons this episode works so well.
3: And he definitely gives himself some standout moments. Oh, my favourite <laughs> like, bits in the whole episode so were all his. Just yeah. incredible. <laughs> and, yeah, just the way that so he thinks that he's swapped... um <laughs> uh, with Joel McHale's character And Annie just is Like immediately starts gushing Over him Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that immediate Just change in her body language Is so funny I yeah. yeah. is
4: so good at that stuff
2: yeah, I think that bit where he's doing push-ups and maintains eye contact with her is <laughs> yeah,
3: just yeah. such yeah. a beautiful <laughs> moment. And who knew that he was so, like, buff as well? Well, he
2: did. That's why he wrote it in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but also his, his, like, portrayal of Joe McHale is just so right. dead on centre. Like, yeah. I, I close my eyes, even with his own voice, I'm like, I'm, I can feel his presence <laughs> next to me, you know?
4: This is kind yeah. of like the sequel to the documentary episode where they're making the ad for the school because in that one uh, Jeff gets to be the dean Dean. and pretend to be the dean that one so it's (laughs) like they get to do it the opposite way around this time
3: so I I think all the swap performances were all pretty strong in Mm -hmm. this like Troy and Arbed uh, were pretty good at doing each other. Did you guys think that as well? Or-
4: I did. I wondered wh- who you thought was the best, because I think they're both... I think maybe Troy's is a little more obvious that he's yeah. Arbed, mm-hmm. but Arbed's more of a cartoon in terms of, like, the type of character, so it's easy to do. And I kind of mm-hmm. loved what Danny Pudi is doing with Troy. It's gets a little more subtle in there. He gets mm-hmm. more of his, like, intricacies in there rather than just his sort of, like, ticks. I thought. Actually, I think they're both yeah, really I think, goodness.
2: like, Arbed's portrayal of Troy is... Mm. It feels more genuine, but I also love it. That would track within the world's universe as well. Cause of course, totally. Arbed would be the better one. He's probably watched a million, even more than you guys, body swap films. He is also yeah. just a natural observer and watches people all the time, including tracking their menstrual cycles, as we've seen in a previous episode. <laughs> so he would absolutely know how to nail that, which is, yeah, which makes sense.
3: So this episode, you know, it obviously has quite an affection for body swapping as a trope, and seems quite knowledgeable about the uh, the history of body swaps. And the whole thing is predicated on the fact that they've watched Freaky Friday three years earlier, and he gifts him a bundle of uh, body swapping films, which we've done all of. All those. of which yeah, would, yeah, we've that done. was my next question. <laughs> How many of them have you guys done? Yeah, so it was it was like seventeen again. Eighteen again, suddenly thirty. Freaky Friday, and oh, what was the the change up and the change up? Yeah, and vice versa. And vice versa, vice versa as well. Yeah, but it's funny he throws away vice versa, and then they say because of of Judge Judge Reinhold. Reinhold. Is is that an ongoing joke? I forgot. Does he have something? I don't think it. I think
4: the Judge Reinhold thing is. I think that is. uh, It's just a comment the
3: show is making about Judge Reinhold in that. Okay. Because it's funny. Out of all those films, I think like probably one we're more affectionate about. Yeah, (laughs) like we loved Vice Versa. It's such a good movie. So don't let the community episode like put you off of watching Vice Versa. (laughs) Uh, If if anything, these guys hated eighteen again. Probably out of. All of them. Oh actually no, the change-up change is up is probably the one that we hated out of all those. <laughs>
2: Who's in the Change-Up? Um, I don't even think I know that. Uh one.
3: Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman.
2: Oh yeah. Okay. Oh. I can see the poster yeah. in my mind. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's like the one of the most misogynistic movies we watched on the show. It's just <laughs> how that film treats Olivia Wilde is actually a war crime. Take it to the Hague. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how did you guys feel like the the show dealt with like the body swapping tropes?
4: For me it's the most interesting because It is deliberately making a comment on the body swap thing, using body swap films as the literal mechanic by which these characters body swap and they don't actually body swap. They're all just pretending to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, really, it's just a vehicle for having, trying to analyze the sort of the relationship dynamic between Troy and Brita and then Troy and Arbet on top of that Mm -hmm. and sort of how they all fit together. It's just what community does best. It uses known tropes or genres to then dissect or or put under the microscope its characters. And it just does it so well. And it's the little moments, too. It's like one of my favourite bits of this entire episode is when Troy wakes up as as Abed, right? Or Abed wakes up as Troy, but Troy's pretending to be Abed. And then, like, goes to Abed's bed. And it, it's subtle, but you have to- that- Abed catches on. Yeah. yeah. He's like- yeah. He is not Troy yet. He- needs to understand what Troy wants him to do and catch on. It's such a sweet moment because it totally encapsulates their, the relationship that those two have and how much Troy is looking for help in this moment. Oh, yeah,
2: I think, beautiful. like, I love it. it's it's having fun with the genre as community does quite often. But I also love that it interacts with the reason why body swap films are so popular. It's wish fulfilment. It's that feeling we've mm-hmm. all experienced of, like, wanting to ex. To experience a life that we do not have access to, to, to have an escape from our own, where we are in our own life. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a celebration. It's a comment of the reason why that genre is so popular. I mean, people want to escape. They want to get out of their problems. And Troy, who loves film, loves it, loves film with his friend. Our bed. And so he can use that tool, the lessons he's learnt from that genre, and apply it to his own life because he doesn't, at that moment, have the emotional capacity to deal with what's actually going on. Yeah, it yeah. does
0: what a lot of uh, swap films do without actually having the swap, which is is that thing of... There's something he doesn't believe, like, Troy doesn't believe he can do. Mm. And it takes switching bodies to realize that he does have, yeah, as you were saying, like, he has the capacity there all along. And he just needed to take the courage to do it. But uh, I will say, I find it tremendously upsetting to see how well Britta (laughs) takes this whole situation. Yeah. I feel like there's a cutscene there that like uh, as soon as uh Troy steps in and is is basically laying it out there seems to be like I don't know I feel like there's a response from her that we don't get to see because we immediately cut to um them walking down the uh the the halls of the school and you know Britta's is like we'll talk about it later with uh, Alison Brie do you know what i mean yeah or- yeah no
2: absolutely i agree i mean there was for much of that episode, I just kept thinking, like, this would be horrible for Britta, particularly when she's, as much as Arbed, like actual Arbed playing Troy, is treating her with a lot of kindness in, in that moment and giving her mm. what she deserves, which is honesty. Um, it, yeah, it's disturbing that it's Troy, so someone who is meant yeah. to care deeply for her, is doing this to her. It's incredibly manipulative and childish and just an awful thing to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a great kind of man-up moment for Troy. But, yeah, Britta is the person who has to be sacrificed for it, which is unfortunate.
4: I think in a lot of ways the only reason they – what they're trying to do here is just get off the Troy and – brita like yeah, thing yeah. they don't really the show doesn't believe in it it wants to just get away from it and so while they acknowledge that Britta's is going to be upset they don't want to dwell on it because that's not what the drama they want in this show they just want to move on which is not mm-hmm. fair on the character but that's just the reality of it i think
3: finally we have the buffy the vampire slayer two-parter this year's girl and who are you which were Episode 15 and 16 of Season 4, which originally aired February 22nd and February 29th, the year 2000, on the WB network, which no longer exists. Um, in these episodes, uh, Faith awakens from her coma and obtains a magical device that allows her to switch bodies with Buffy. So, I'm guessing we've got three big Buffy fans and one occasional Buffy watcher on this. Would I be right?
4: Who's the occasional Buffy watcher? I think that's Brendan. me. Uh. Yeah? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, Brendan, what's your what's your uh, familiarity with Buffy?
0: Like, so, yeah, I, I remember as, as how old are we all here? I'm like, I'm around my 30s. I'm 34. Are you guys around that similar age I'm group? like
4: 21. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I'm but yeah, I refuse um... to
2: disclose. <laughs>
4: <laughs> She's like 45. It's amazing what plastic surgery does.
0: Well like we were we we're going through this 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 idea that when we were growing up we had like five channels and from that five channels we had to find gold and <laughs> <laughs> And I, I I do feel like there's a lot of good things about Buffy, but I I don't know if it's something I would watch today if it came out, if you know what I mean.
2: Is that because you hate women or is there a different reason?
0: <laughs> That's just one of them. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like I uh, like uh, there's so many niche like um there was that show uh Dispatches from Elsha. There's so many shows that are, like, specifically for every... Every single person has a specific show for them, and that one, like, happened to be mine. But, like, watching just uh, general things, I don't know if this would uh, follow uh, my-, my taste today. That's all I'm saying.
3: Fair enough. So, Bro- <laughs> <laughs> Brod, what what did you think of Buffy?
0: Um, so,
4: the three shows that I had, like, DVD collections of, uh, Futurama at least the first five seasons, all of Community, and I had all of Buffy once upon a yeah. time as well. Same deal, saved up a big W, bought them all, because they were really cheap for some reason. Don't understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, love this show to death. Haven't actually re-watched it that much. I've probably re-watched season six and seven the most for some mm-hmm. reason, even though they're not necessarily the best seasons. Um, I remember season four, which this episode is from, Ugh. is my least favorite season yes, by a agree. mile. <laughs> some <laughs> choice episodes in there, don't get me wrong, some really yeah. good ones like Hush, yeah. but- um, yeah, awful season of Buffy. It is, I gotta tell you, I'm gonna give this to you, Brendan, because I've been keen to rewatch Buffy. It is a little tough coming back to it in some ways. I think, like, we talk about the Joss Whedon, like, Whedonisms and the quippiness and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But particularly the first of this two-parter, I was like, this is a little much. This is a little much. Even I, I think I really would have responded to it well as a teenager. And maybe because it's just season four, maybe there's it's part of me not liking this season. But whatever it was, I was like, "This is kind of." I was of watching.
0: A lot. I was watching those previously on Buffy, and it just kept going and going. And I'm like, "Oh well, there's like all a all that Frankenstein is robot guy and this <laughs> and that." And I'm like, "Whoa, what? This is like uh Dawson's Creek with vampires, like." <laughs> uh,
3: I like. I totally get where you're coming from, Brad. I think, like, uh, I've watched Buffy over and over again back in the day, but it's actually been a while since I've mm. rewatched it. And um, the first of these two episodes, I was like, "Is is this show as good as I remember it?" Yeah, there was particularly the se- first one. Yeah. It se- seemed like there was something missing. And then in the second episode, then I remembered why I loved the show again. Mm, Yeah. Like, the the, the second episode, I mean, the second episode was written and directed by Joss Whedon. So I feel like that's probably a reason why it was so much better. But some of the writing in the first episode was like straight out not good. And delivery
4: too. Like, Mm. uh, Nicholas Brandon was terrible. Like, Xander was just awful in that episode. I know, like, everyone talks about Xander being a bad character. He's a. Piece of shit guy, but yeah. like he was annoying in that episode. Like he wasn't. He's always funny, been he wasn't annoying.
2: Hates tell you. He's always been annoying.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't always know that, yeah. but I believe it now. Look,
2: <laughs> as the, the as thing a is, woman, <laughs> I always knew it <laughs> very clearly.
3: I, I think I can talk for Brendan and myself, and and maybe I don't want to lump you in with this broad, but like as nerdy, like teenage you boys. You, you did see yes. yourself as Xander back then. 100%. And, and let me tell you, th- you
2: were all really fucking annoying.
1: <laughs> exactly,
3: exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I'd like to think we've all progressed beyond Xander, and now oh, yeah. looking back at him, is like, he was a dickhead and I was a dickhead. <laughs> now um, I think of myself as
4: Saka from Avatar The Last Airbender. And exactly. that's how I've
3: evolved. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, uh, the second episode I, I really enjoyed. Uh, what did you think of it, Damas?
2: I mean I loved Buffy. I watched it and rewatched it and rewatched it. I think for pff, going on a decade I would rewatch the whole thing like once once a year. I was absolutely just in in love with it. Um it's also something that solidified my and Brod's friendship. We really bonded mm-hmm. over Buffy a lot. We would watch watch episodes together. We would dissect them. Um, and probably is why we now do Hunting Seasons, I think, is the love for it's that It's also show.
4: where all my Buffy DVDs went. I'm pretty sure I lent them to you and never got a bunch of them back.
2: I don't have <laughs> your fucking Buffy DVDs. You always say this and I don't have them. <laughs> um, look, let's not bring it up again, Rod. Not in public. Thank you. Uh, but what Buffy, I think, really did for me is that it was the first show um, of its type, meaning that it was kind of seen as a bit – frivolous or silly as a TV show um, by a lot of people. I remember having many conversations in my early twenties when people were like, Oh, what's your favorite TV show? And I'd be like, Buffy, and they'd be like, what? That's fucking shit. But it was the first show that I loved that was really, really taken seriously and studied and analyzed by adults. And I would, mm-hmm. you know, I'd go online and I'd read about Buffy and its world and how it was all crafted together in a really serious way. And it led me to consume TV differently. I mean, those amazing overarching stories across a whole season, things that would be mentioned in, you know, an early season would come back like four years later. And it was, to me, it was the first show I had consumed that was so well thought out. And it made me kind of see the possibility of what TV could be. And this is obviously well before TV had come to fruition. But this was, I think, the beginnings of it. And I... I loved it and I loved how respected it was by people who also loved television as much as I did.
3: Definitely the same. Like I, I remember scouring internet forums, uh, you know, reading everything I could about this show and I had like books about it and I think it, it really was that formative show for so many people. But yes, you guys are right. Season four was a rough season. <laughs> um the Fucking initiative Riley I've got so
2: many notes about Riley, let me tell you.
3: (laughs) Oh, boy. Riley, the initiative, and Adam as a villain, all just very piss poor. Yeah, Riley is the most boring Mm -hmm. Buffy character of all time. Why does he have a poster of balls? Thank you. Oh, my God. Okay, so
2: this is in my notes. I wrote, I hate Riley. He's as boring as cardboard. But he has a poster on his walls, on his wall of balls. Uh, it's just a list of different types of balls, and under it it says, <laughs> "Too bad there are only two that count." What a oh, fucking douchebag! I didn't douche notice bag. that. I saw <laughs> it and I was like, "This guy's a fucking loser." <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: that makes me hate him even more. Yeah, isn't it terrible? <laughs> Look, and and this is a lot coming from me because. And uh, like listeners to the show know that I'm a, an extremely superficial person and he is very good looking. Mm-hmm. So for me to hate <laughs> him, that really says something.
2: Yeah. And just watching like him <laughs> and Buffy, because Buffy has, you know, a lot of chemistry with Angel, heaps of chemistry with Spike, a fuck ton of chemistry with Faith. I watched a lot of fan videos in my day just about Buffy and Faith. But watching Buffy and Riley together, it's just like watching two conservative Christian twins, like, taking a family <laughs> photo entirely in plaid. Like, it's just like, there's nothing to look at there. It's it's so yeah. dull. It's such a shame. Oh, also, when he's laying on top of her, I know it's Faith at the time, but when he's laying on top of her inside of her, strokes her face and says, I love you, I felt physically ill. Like, it was it made me so <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: and and like the whole initiative and is so goofy and like so like the show obviously didn't have the budget to realize this military world Mm -hmm. and this cyborg villain of adam but it did it anyway and i mean there's a lot in buffy that has aged in terms of special effects and everything but it had never felt more out of place than in this season. So
0: wait, that's where that that Frankenstein robot guy comes from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from the military. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to piece it together as yeah. best I could.
2: <laughs> so he's like a bunch of like different demons to stitch together with technology.
0: So he's also supernatural as well as yeah. a military robot. Yeah. 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 Okay. This is cool. I
4: think the problem with season four was just it didn't know what to do once Buffy and Co. graduated from high school. Yeah. It was trying to like yeah. transition to something else and had to go through college first and that and then that's where Riley comes in, you like your first college boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And then Thank God moves on past that for season five pretty quickly. Mm. I season think and five season five is a six, nice just... recovery. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Season five is a great recovery, yeah. and then season six, although it is not well re- loved or it's my favorite uh, overall, though. Well, it might be for me as well. And like the small business thing works really well with like the magic shop yeah. uh, or the magic box and all that sort of stuff. Like it, it recovers from this season. That's the good news. Uh,
3: I think the second episode is a very strong episode of Buffy overall, though, and I think it uses the body swap formula very well it it really does progress buffy and faith's story um in pretty clever way i thought did you guys feel that
4: i thought it was a bit one sided it's very very faith like heavy in terms of the body swap in terms of mm-hmm. what Buffy gets out of it by being inside Faith I don't think it's much she gets an escape plot that she needs to get back in time to stop Faith from like getting away basically and get her body mm-hmm. back it's more mm-hmm. just the chase for her but in terms of what it does for Faith's character who they're trying to rehabilitate a little bit in this episode yeah it's it's a great use of her and like I really like Sarah Michelle Gellar's performance in this. Um, yeah, that's I don't great. think I've ne- necessarily always appreciated what she brings to the show because Buffy isn't always the most interesting character. Mm. But she's she's having so much fun and doing a really good job doing the Eliza Dushku impression. I thought she was having a great time. Yeah, I yeah, think when
2: she I was... got
3: all the nuances so right. Yeah, it yeah, perfect. totally.
2: Yeah, I think like when I was a teenager watching Buffy. Yeah, I think like. At that age, Buffy isn't the most compelling character at all. Now when I have rewatched it as an adult, Buffy is without a doubt my favorite character. I mean, I still love Anya to the, the depths of my soul, but it was
4: barely in these two episodes of add. Yes, That's a travesty. It is a travesty mm.
2: underused, underused, but Sarah Michelle Gellar is incredibly talented and brings so much to the character, which we see in this episode. But yeah, I, I enjoyed this version of a body swap. I always loved faith, you know, it's a bit of a bad girl uh, with a broken heart, which is uh, a trope that I really enjoy. There, There were moments that I liked. I mean, I think the whole concept of figuring out where you belong through experiencing the belonging or not belonging of someone else mm. I think is a really interesting experience to watch. Um, I think, I mean, it bothered me slightly that her moment of epiphany was like being loved by Riley and that was a big changing <laughs> moment for her. I yeah. wish it could have perhaps come from a moment of friendship perhaps with Willow or something sure. like that. Um mm-hmm. But I get that, that they needed to add that conflict between Riley and Buffy for later episodes in the season. Uh, but I loved what it did for Faith. I think it was really clever to kind of pull that character out and give her a chance for the audience to empathise with her again and this is a wonderful way to do
4: it. The 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 general idea just – you're right about that being Riley that they do it with is just disappointing. Mm. But that moment of just asking, it's like what do you – I think it's what do you want she asks of Riley because Yeah, what do you like, want
2: from her or something, yeah. What
4: – and then you, yeah, you, even just the little bit we get of like her sort of having the flashbacks of watching the video of her with the mayor and stuff like mm. that. And you understand that was a transactional relationship mm-hmm. and that she thinks that's how these things work. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. idea that someone can want to be with her or want her yeah. just for being her and not to get yeah. something from her. And
2: that's always is a been moment. her relationships. Like that was the relationship with, um, was it the, oh, sorry, I've forgotten the council, the watch, the watches Watchers council. Yeah. Um, like that with Wesley
4: in particular
1: yeah, or just like, the watch council just in general.
2: The, as the Slayer, that has always been her thing. Like People yeah. have always needed or wanted something from her, um, but just mm. simply to exist in a relationship and be valued for her individuality, for her just being who she is, has never been something she's experienced.
3: So, Brendan, as someone who's not as familiar with the show uh, and not as deeply familiar with the characters as maybe we are, how did you react to that episode?
0: So, catch me up. Uh, the <laughs> so I keep going on about uh, what's the robot? <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Ignore it.
1: No, it's no, no. Ignore, so, oh, oh, ignore I'll, I'll the catch fact you that he has I'll gel know, hair
4: just, for
0: some just- reason.
2: <laughs> so, for every generation, there is born a slave. <laughs> we'll go from there. Um.
0: <laughs> but uh, all right. So the, the reason I bring changed it up when the fire nation attacked. Um, Sorry, my my uh, my viewing of this was like sort of, I guess, influenced by that. Seeing this guy who looks like a Frankenstein, and thinking through like, oh, like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, um, and and sort of applying like a. Sort of like an overarching theme between the 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 two stories.
3: No, <laughs> no. so that's that's not there at all. Okay, because <laughs> just because because no, Buffy had the big thing. Every every season had a big bad, so one yeah. overarching villain that spanned all the episodes, and then each episode would explore a different theme on its own, separate from that villain.
0: Well, that's how I explored, however you say her name, Dushel, what's it, Eliza? Dushku? Dushku, what? Dushku. Dushku? It's
3: Brody
2: Dushku. (laughs) 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 No, but I think the problem with this season's big bad is so generally you'll have like the big bad is, you know, representative of something, a struggle that the characters have to overcome. Just a great big symbol for a a life problem they have to deal with. The issue Mm. with Adam is that he feels so disjointed from the experience of what's happening with uh, the Scooby gang, as they're called. Um, And also every time a scene of his starts, it feels like an interruption for a story that you were interested in. Um, And Mm. that's a huge reason why season four just doesn't work.
0: Well, yeah, like I I feel like I was – Looking for it through the lens of like Frankenstein, and here's this person who's been treated terribly. I'm assuming, and from what you're saying uh, about Faith's character, like that's sort of the case that she's never actually experienced what it's like to be treated like a a, a, an actual person with friends and family. Is that the case? Is that am I on the right track? I mean, yeah, it could
2: be seen that way. I feel like if Adam was explored a little bit more, but he never goes beyond. Just being a very boring drama. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I just mean like, um, looking at like a uh, Faith as uh as buffy and stuff and experiencing like what's the catch, what's the catch constantly mm. and uh and experiencing what it's like to have a mother who like cares about you and doesn't look at Faith and go like, Yeah, we got her haha like with such like ven like she's like actually concerned. Mm-hmm. She's like she's a maniac, but I'm like concerned for her well being. Um and then uh her experiencing that helps her to actually see oh like if i wasn't like like my life could actually be different if i wasn't tr- like i don't know treated in that fashion like mm-hmm. if that wasn't her life experience she could have actually been another buffy a well a well-adjusted person you know is that no yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no, that's 100 <100% laughs> it that's it yeah and so yeah i enjoyed that i i enjoyed that uh that sort of thread. Because that, I that, think is,
4: that is mostly Buffy, though. Like, what you were describing in terms of the character work you're talking about, like, that is... The, the problem is that the 2 part we've done, the first episode is basically a 44-minute catch-up on everything that's come before so you remember who Faith is and then get you ready for the body swap episode. And the body swap episode is a much better representative of what Buffy can be. Like, there are some incredible episodes of Buffy that do amazing character work and what you're getting out of it is what the show does quite often and quite... No, yeah yeah, like...
0: Like like I was like I I did watch and there's some really out out like standout episodes in my mind that to this day I'm like that was actually a really like solid piece of like television history mm. like uh the ones that come to mind are like uh when is it the musical episode That's where always, yeah. yes at, she's like sing, singing amazing. how she was ripped out of heaven yeah and mm-hmm. just how like brutal it is <sighs> okay. to be back on I earth think you know I like was yeah. in
1: heaven.
0: I believe yeah. it's the line. <laughs> like I had no like context to what was going on at like episode to episode, but I felt that like at that moment was mm-hmm. really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just like uh, visually there was that uh, silent episode with um, the creepy yeah. face I, guys. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I definitely well. have a lot of respect for Buffy. It was just not like uh, a show that I kept up with. That's all.
3: Um, I think this episode actually did some pretty cool things with like the body swapping trope as well. Um, I think one thing that we rarely see um, is somebody bringing that chaotic energy that Faith brought while she was in Buffy's body in terms of, like, not giving a fuck and just, like, destroying, like, happy to destroy that person's life. Usually, yeah. Yeah, usually there's that kind of effort to. To try to stay, you know, within the confines of how that person would normally act. Mm. Whereas she, like, just goes mental and goes, you know, goes to the bronze and, you know, is awful to everyone. And uh, I, I appreciated that. I thought that was, um, it was quite entertaining to watch. Mm.
2: Seeing her be <laughs> mean to Tara was, uh, Mm. really triggering for me i hated that <laughs> um yeah. i've got to acknowledge that you know this the lesbianism in this episode <laughs> um which is beautiful i love that yeah. this is when the episode where tara meets buffy which is i, I love because i'd forgotten exactly how that all played out it's been a while since i've watched season four it's definitely my least watch season yeah. um now, what I really enjoy is, like, witchcraft as symbolism for queer lady sex. You know, it's always amusing to <laughs> me. And weirdly, later on, that symbolism is turned into drug addiction, which is uh, somewhat problematic. Um, Though I do want to confirm that Andrew myself, that's my girlfriend, uh when we have sex, we do sit on the floor just stroking it with our eyes closed <laughs> until we climax. So, yeah, it's pretty accurate, which I appreciate the representation.
3: So, at this point of the show, were they a couple yet? Or were they just pretending like they're witch friends?
2: So they, they were a couple. It was, it's, it was all like symbolism, though, I guess. Like they're not, it's not really, they haven't
4: acknowledged yet that they're together, right? They're just sort of like friends who are exploring magic together. They have a lot in common and it's like they're just starting to build that romance. That's what it felt like to me.
2: I would say that except for Faith's, Oh, Willow's not driving stick anymore and the conversation of, um, You know, I just want something that's just mine to which Tara says, I am, you know, I'm yours. So that
4: Is that them coming to grips with what's happening or is that we've already acknowledged this and that this exists? I thought it was more it
1: would,
3: mm. The show is acknowledging yeah. it, but these
4: characters aren't.
3: I yet. feel like it yeah, took a while before yeah. they actually like admitted to themselves as characters yeah. that they were in a lesbian relationship and having mm. Yeah, you're right. There would have sex. been
2: like some sort of Michelle Branch song playing in the background <laughs> if it was a true acknowledgement, which is yeah. very representative of the time. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
3: that's the four episodes now i'm going to give you guys the very hard task of ranking the four episodes from worst to best
2: so but okay we can i have clarification as to the definition of worst and best so it's not the one we most enjoyed it's what we think is the best type of the best version of a body swap?
3: I don't know. Like, uh, no, I think enjoyed. Okay. Go okay. enjoyed. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, Damask. Worst um, to best. Worst?
2: I'm mm-hmm. going to go with Futurama. Just simply because it was fine, like it was a great episode, but I don't have any kind of connection to that show, so it was just a bit of light fun, but I wasn't like having the time of my life. Yeah. Um, All right, so the next would probably be Community. And I love Community, but this is not uh in the top tier of episodes, but I thought what the, they did was good. I think it was a good way to kind of parachute out of that relationship, uh, which was yeah. good. I'm going to give the next to Lizzie McGuire. Now, I love, 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 love Lizzie McGuire, but Buffy's always going to be my number one if we're talking best to worst in any category, really. <laughs> Buffy's number one.
4: Nice. Broad. Uh Worst, Lizzie McGuire. Boop. Uh <laughs> Get just out. it. it uh, not made for me. I it's yeah. not bad. It's certainly I it's probably a good episode Lizzie McGuire, just not my the one I like the most out of these. I think next I'm gonna go Futurama. I actually had a really good time with it, but some of the problematic elements now that it's aged a bit, um I'm gonna pull it down a peg. Are we we're doing two episodes of Buffy, right? Yeah. We're including yeah, then Buffy's next for me, because <laughs> I thought episode fifteen was pretty rough actually and it's freaking riley centric season four no i can't (laughs) win but the the body swap part itself and the faith um buffy the body swap is really really good and so i guess i'm putting community first even though it's not close to my favorite episode of community i think in terms of what it does with the body swap genre in terms of having troy and abed do that swap in terms of playing yeah i i I think it's a really really good episode overall i just want to say before we move on I just like the variety in these is really good. Mm. Like, they're all doing a very different thing with the body swap trope. And that's pretty cool, That it doesn't feel like any of them are really repeating things or riffing the same way.
1: Yeah,
3: totally agree. Brendan?
0: Oh, it's it's a, like, because the community one isn't technically a body swap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I I, don't, I think I put that one the, at the bottom. Just purely because it, I'm am a purist. There needs to be switching of buddies.
1: <laughs>
2: Snob.
0: That's what I'm. Yeah, hearing. Snob of I the think genre. Of the
2: word. How dare you, sir? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then um, the I would put i I'd put future Futurama because as much as I enjoyed myself, like it was it wasn't a it it was lightly about that. It was just having more fun with it than it was like doing the classic thing where people learn lessons and stuff they learn lessons but did they really yeah, yeah anyway uh then i'd put it lizzie mcguire and then i would put buffy top of the list because like i said that uh, uh progress of like learning things and then coming out the other side and having cha- like something change i think was best delivered in the buffy episode Beautiful.
3: so you heard it here first Brendan likes Lizzie McGuire more than (laughs) Futurama and Community. You can put that in writing. (laughs) It works. It works. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I have to preface this by saying I love all of these shows. I really love all of these shows. So this is representative of my views of the shows as whole. But I would probably put Lizzie as the lowest. Just fucking bitch. I did did really enjoy the episodes, but this is more of a testament. uh, I really did enjoy the Lizzie episode, but this is more of a testament to how much I enjoyed the other shows. After Lizzie, I would put the Buffy two part, just because, um, same with Broad, the first part really weighed it down. I think if we were just judging the second part, it'd probably be on top. Mm -hmm. Then after that, the community episode I uh, thought was was fantastic. It really was so affectionate to the body swap genre, which you know, after three years of doing this show, I feel kind of protective over. So <laughs> um, yeah, um, I really appreciated that. And then number one um, would be the Future episode. It was the out of all these, it's probably the one that made me laugh the most, um, and was just so clever about how it used. The body swap trope, um, and yeah, as with a lot of you guys, it made me want to go back and rewatch Futurama. So um, yeah, but overall, I think I did a pretty good job at choosing the episodes. You guys. did. I agree. I think you chose
4: <laughs> chose great sh- great episodes from great yeah. shows. Overall, it was
2: like, a really, a really, really enjoyable kind of TV watching session because I just watched them all yeah. today. And it was really fun just to kind of watch so many different different shows but with the same kind of through line. It it was actually really
3: fun. I liked it.
4: It's a great idea for a new podcaster. Yeah, curated (laughs) (laughs) themes. Curated themes and tropes. That would be actually a lot of fun.
3: Yeah. Ah, oh, we'll have to uh, pitch it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Edit this out so no one steals the idea. Yeah, it's going to say take <laughs> All right, guys. So I think that does us for um our special TV episode of the Swapcast podcast. So where can people find Hunting Seasons? And anything else you guys, is there anything else you guys want to plug while you're here?
4: Uh, hunting Seasons, you can find www.huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our Twitter is at HuntingSCast. You can find us on Acast or basically just search for, search for Hunting Seasons and look for a Hunting Seasons, a TV podcast. There are other hunting podcasts. It was a dumb name for a show. Let's just put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's the TV podcast one, the yellow, yellow logo. Find Have us you listened all to of any major. of
3: the ones that are actually about hunting?
4: No, but I'm just, I'm just ropeable. There's a, there's a Twitter handle court that's at hunting seasons that has barely been used in the last like seven years. And I want it so bad. Um, anyway. Yeah. No, I haven't listened to any of those hunting ones. (laughs) We do get followers and stuff all the time though. That like you check the profiles on Twitter and it's like loves big game hunting and guns. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) you're here for the wrong reasons, buddy.
2: Look, as long as we're getting followers, I don't care what their interests are.
4: Uh, you can find me, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at B B G O R D E S. That's Broderick, not Brody. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter as well at
3: Maskymu, M A S K Y M O O. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. I, it's been really Thanks fun. For inviting it, was it was so much fun. I loved been it. Awesome. So, everyone uh, at home, uh, tune in next week for our regularly scheduled uh, Lucy, Brendan, and Paul podcast. Um, well, I'm sure we'll be discussing a fun, terrible body swap movie. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know what we're going to be doing, and Brendan's going to be angry, but I won't say it. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Until next time, review us on iTunes or a piece of shit. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The Swapcast podcast is recorded in Adelaide, Australia. It's hosted by Paul Mitzi and edited by Brendan Levi and Paul Mitzi. Our theme song was written and performed by John Marco of 2 Creative, featuring Lucy Thomas, and recorded at Browntown Studios. Our music bumpers were created by Reggie Parker. Contact him on parkerregmusic at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.
4: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?